Thank you for joining us for Woke Moments, a conversation on issues and hot topics impacting young generations. My name is Janet Kelly, and I am the Executive Director of Sanctuary of Hope, as well as your host. So now let's jump into a moment of awakening. Woke Moments. Well, welcome, Candy, to Woke Moments. Our Woke Moments audience, we have with us today Candy Lewis, the Executive Director of the Positive Results Corporation. Yay! Yay! Um, we're very excited to have you today on our second episode of Woke Moments, really centered and geared around domestic violence and domestic violence as it relates to our youth and young adult population. Yeah. So. We're happy, although we don't have any youth here, to have a transgenerational conversation about the domestic violence issues that's happening uh, within that population and what we can do to be not only a source, but also an outlet. So if you don't mind, tell us a little bit about yourself, the Positive Results Corporation, how you came to being, and then we'll jump into having some woke conversations about domestic violence. All right, well, thank you so much, Janet. I am excited to be part of the second uh, series in Woke Conversations, Mm -hmm. and welcome to the Positive Results Corporation. Mm -hmm. It's beautiful. Thank you, thank you. You know, we are excited to do this work. Um, You asked us to tell you a little bit about what we do. So the Positive Results Corporation's mission is to help youth and young adults actually help people and communities uh, develop healthy relationships. And we specialize in understanding um, how we fell out of a healthy relationship. And everyone, of course, is talking about the intergenerational violence, but we want to be very specific. We're talking about teen dating, domestic and interpersonal violence, sexual assault and bullying. We believe that violence and abuse begins in the womb. We also believe that the vast majority of people experience the violence in their homes and that has as children and that has set them on this trajectory of life of to accept and receive violence to also have to deal with certain issues and we make decisions based on the things that happen to us so a lot of the very unhealthy relationships and experiences that we've had are really be as a direct relation to what happened to us as children And so what we do is we go out into the community and we work with youth, young adults, and parents to help them understand what trauma and violence looks like. Everybody already knows. We already know what it looks like. But because we live in it on a daily basis, we sometimes don't realize how it impacts us. Uh, We also work with youth and young adults and we teach them to be peer advocates so that they will have all of the same skills that we have. So everything that we know about all of these issues, we teach and train them so they can go back and have those same conversations with their friends, with their family, and with community members. Because violence doesn't stop when we, the advocates and the providers, leave the room. It continues on. Everyone has said, I've heard something, but I didn't know what to say. I Mm -hmm. saw something, and I didn't know what to do. So with our service and program, we give them those skills and tools. Um, We also work with providers, and we train them to understand what trauma looks like from a cultural perspective. Everyone always says, I just want to help you. But you don't understand that you may be the second or the 222nd person that says that I just want to help you. But do you really? Mm -hmm. Do you really, really? Are you just saying this because that's part of your job? And I'm not saying that because you have this job, that's a bad thing. I just need you to understand that we're dealing with trauma, that a homeless person is not just walking in with just being homeless. Someone who has been uh, in a sexual abusive relationship or in an interpersonal violence relationship or a domestic violence relationship, they're not just that. There's also poverty. There's um, mental health issues. There's substance abuse. There's generational violence. There's self-harm. There's so many things that are, are also going on. So we have to understand how the entire role of violence plays a relationship into our everyday life. Wow. That's amazing. So tell me this, because, you know, 
our younger generation mm-hmm. um, often doesn't have a concept of or idea of what violence is or yeah. what domestic violence is sure. because we talk about it in the general context of of harm, right? Right. But harm for us is quite different for harm for them. Yeah. So so as a part of a lot of the work that you do, how do you define domestic violence and violence on that youth young adult level? Right. So there's several different ways that you can describe it. First, let's talk about what it is. Um, everybody thinks of the beaten and abused person, the busted nose, the black eye, the busted lip. Right. And, and that's right. the physical violence. Right. You know, but that also includes somebody grabbing you by the arm and yanking you or twisting the arm or hitting you in body parts that other people can't see. So we do a lot of violence from our neck down to maybe our knees, right. where people can't see that all the time. There is the the kicking and the spitting and the slapping and the biting. That's all physical violence. But there's also the emotional violence. And we've actually been groomed as children to accept the, physical, the, um, the emotional and the verbal violence by telling us that we're stupid, that we're ugly, that we're dumb, that you never amount to anything. Or to say something like, it's all your fault that this happened to me, that I can't keep a job, or that my mama doesn't like me, and so I'm going to either hurt you, or maybe even I'm going to hurt myself. I'm going to kill myself because it's all your fault. So those are different emotional tricks that people um, use. There is also, um, of course, the verbal abuse that is just so harmful that it lasts a lifetime for some people. There's the financial abuse that I might, um, let's say my mom doesn't have any money. So, or my father or whoever, my, my parental guardian may not have any money, or maybe I just don't have anyone. And so you'll tell me, look, I'm gonna take care of you, and I'm gonna love you, and I'm gonna give you everything you need, but then I'm gonna also need you to show me receipts, to constantly ask for $5 if you need to go to the doctor um, until you know you don't need those things. That is financial abuse, um, not allowing you to have your own money. I know a person who works and their significant other doesn't, but that significant other takes them to the gas station once a week and puts gas in their car. They check the odometer to see um, how far they've driven, and then they'll check it again the following week to see how far that they've gone because they know exactly, you know, where they need to go. Um, they'll be checking on how much time it takes them to get from one place to another. There's also the problem of our cell phones because problem. <laughs> I need to, I need you to, you know, let me know where you are at all times, and right. we mask this under the the topic of. I just care about you and I'm really worried about your safety. But if I have to report to you everywhere I go, that is not about uh, really caring about me. That's about power and control. Right. You want to really be in charge of where I am and because I can't be with you, you, that's still a way for you to be with me. If you are calling me uh, first thing in the morning and asking me what I'm doing and who I'm with and take a picture of the room or take a picture of the outfit that you're gonna to wear to school. That's abuse. If you were, if I say I'm talking to my mom and she say, you know what that bitch says, uh, excuse me, that bitch doesn't like me, why are you talking to them? Or you know, your mama, she just really doesn't treat you with love and respect and the only one who really cares about you is me. That's abuse. If someone is telling you, you know, oh, you're going to your friend's house, so when you get there, I'm going to need you to take a picture so that I can see that that's where you are. That is abuse. Um, I was at a high school recently, and these little girls were running around grabbing boys by their junk. That's abuse. Because we think very often that it is the boys who are the abuser. Mm -hmm. But today, we live in a world with both men and women, boys and right. girls, who are abusers. There's so many different ways that abuse looks. Let me also say this. 
If your significant other, your boyfriend, your boo thing, your boo daddy show up at your job unexpectedly, first off, your boo thing should not be showing up at your job. Your boo thing should not be calling you while you were at work. You were at work, and it is your responsibility to work. But if they're showing up on your job, then your employer is wondering what is going on. And so you're likely to get fired. And guess what? That is your boo thing's intention for you to get fired. Because if you get fired, then I can, again, control where you are, who you're with, and I can also make you dependent upon me to give you money. So those are some of the things. Let me just also add in, there's also the spiritual abuse. And that spiritual abuse is to use the Bible against you. Mm. Because, see, in the Bible it says, and we don't take the time to read the Bible. We just listen to what somebody says. And if they put in the right words, you know, some of the right sayings and make the flavor sound good, that we'll believe it. But it's not true. And then there's the medical abuse. That if your significant other tells you that you should trust me, that um, you don't need that asthma inhaler, or you don't need to use a condom, but you know your boo thing is out screwing everybody, and I'm talking about girls and boys, Mm -hmm. why aren't you using a condom? So very often they'll tell you, you know, you just trust me, baby. Just trust me, and you know that I'll take good care of you. And then you trust them and find out that you've got... Chlamydia, HIV, gonorrhea, uh, gonorrhea, throat syphilis, Mm -hmm. all kind of things. Oh, yes, and throat syphilis is a real thing. Right. So it's interesting, and I I need to preface this, is that this is real talk conversations. Real talk. So when we're on Woke Moments, it's going to be real talk conversations, and and everyone needs to be fully, fully aware of that. It's interesting that we're talking about this area, era of our bays, our boo things, our boo related daddies, our boo or bay related mamas. However, it, however, young people want to define it, right? Right. And 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 they're at an earlier. And we were talking about this earlier prior to setting up. Is that you know they're at an earlier age where they're engaging in relationships early. Mm-hmm. I I was under this assumption when you reminded me. That was you back in your day. We didn't really have like boyfriend, girlfriend relationships until we're about 16, right? Because 16 was really the sweet 16, the, yes. the real big transition year right. for us. I know it was a transition year for me. Yes. Um, um, but my view at that time as a 16-year-old of a relationship was just the basic kind of hand-holding um, a peck on the cheek, and what generation are you from? Hand holding and peck on the cheek. Well, you want me to be telling Girl, all my business, but you, that generation. But, but you are young. And, and, and remind and, and and then too, of course, I didn't grow up in Los Angeles oh, like okay. everyone there else. You go. I grew. Right. I, that part. I grew. You know, I grew up in Stockton, so that that sets a whole different tone about that, but. In this whole era of kind of relationship, kind of the way that young people see relationships, right? Mm -hmm. A lot of times they are not able to clearly define what a healthy relationship is. Yes. Or what it is supposed to look like beyond what they may see on TV, on their phone. Well, we don't see um, healthy media. relationships. Oh, that, that's the problem. First off, that's there interesting. Are, there are no, there are no healthy relationships on our cell phone. Mm-hmm. There are no healthy relationships um, on the internet. There are no healthy relationships, um, and I hate to say it, mostly even in our homes and in our communities. And the reason why people don't have them is because they've never seen one. I ask, everywhere I go, I ask people, can anybody tell me a time when they were maybe at the bus, on the bus, in the grocery store, Mm -hmm. or at an event, or even at a family function where they didn't hear an adult cuss out a kid? There's never been a time. I can't can't find someone who says, yeah, that never happens. It happens all the time. 
So how can you say that you have a healthy relationship if your mama tell you you ain't shit? Right. Or they're cussing you out all the time. Um, and I know this is true. Uh, I guess about four years ago, there was a little girl who was rescued off the side of the 405 freeway in San Diego. She was four years old. They asked her, what was her name? She told them her name was Fool, F-O-O-L, because that is all her parents ever called her. Oh, wow. So now imagine this. Let's imagine that Fool, four-year-old girl, Mm -hmm. growing up. She's 10. She's 12. And she thinks of herself as a fool. She's carrying herself as a fool because... Mm -hmm. We carry ourselves the way we see ourselves. Mm -hmm. And then some young boy or girl sees her and they fall in love with her. Mm -hmm. Or actually, maybe they don't fall in love with her. But they see her as a potential opportunity that they could scam, that they could use, that they could take advantage of her. But they wrap it up in this little pretty bow that says, baby, I love you. And I'll do anything for you. Mm -hmm. And nobody's going to ever love you the way I love you. And it's probably true because no one has loved her. And so she hears these words or he hears these words and then they start this unhealthy relationship. Relationships all begin from birth. How our parents love us or not, how they treat us or not, how they talk to us or not, sets the tone on what we do going forward. So... For any adult who's listening to this, I'm going to ask you to think carefully about how you speak to children, Mm. how you speak to people. Let's lift them up in love and life instead of giving them the same bullshit that we got. Because, see, Mm. all we're doing is passing on this generational trauma. So what we have to do is we have to learn how to fix our face. When somebody tells you something, don't be like, "Uh, what? Mm -hmm. Uh. Because the space also says right. that I don't like you. I don't like the way you look. I don't like the way you act. I don't like the way you behave. And so I'm not accepting. And that means that I, as a young person or anyone else, I'm going to have um, be less likely to not only believe anything you say, but have anything to do with you. Mm. So we have to fix our face. Mm. We have to learn how to listen. We have to learn how to listen to hear and when people tell you something we have to believe them and not automatically put our own judgment in so if I tell you that I'm in an abusive relationship I can't say to you you're a liar so-and-so would never do that to you or they might say oh my god really what can I do for you you know let me tell you what you should do Mm -hmm. see we're quick to tell people what they should do instead of asking them what they need. We're Mm. quick to say to them, you know what your problem is? Instead of saying, what has happened and how can I support you? Healthy relationships really begin with us. Each person needs to find out who they are. And I realize that there has been so much that has happened to people. And I wanna take a moment and I wanna apologize to anyone who is watching this video that if anything bad, unnatural, any kind of abuse, any kind of hurt or harm has ever happened to you, I am so sorry. Mm. You did not deserve it. It was not your fault. You should not carry that pain and that shame with you. It is really the person who gave that to you. It's their pain and their shame to carry. So we have to learn how to just receive people and love them so i wanted to go back to something that you were talking about the the transfer of intergenerational trauma Mm -hmm. and that intergenerational trauma as it relates to healthy relationships and even how young people see it and and start their development into that whole process of getting into relationships so i'm curious as to what are some things that we, when I say we, I'm talking about the collective we, the village we mm-hmm. need to work on and to ensure that as young people are maturing, whether it's from childhood or if they're in their teenage stage or if they're 
their adolescence and about to mature into the adult stage, what are some things that we should be thinking about, talking about, investing in so that our young people can develop that cognitive and emotional capacity mm-hmm. to deal with those traumas mm-hmm. so that by the time they are of what I call of age, meaning right. that the light bulb has come on, yes. <laughs> yes. that the light bulb has come on, that they have this kind of self-regulation of knowing or self-awareness of knowing, hey, I'm in a healthy relationship. I'm in a healthy relationship. Ding, ding, ding. Yes. Or, yes. hey, I'm in a not so healthy relationship and mm-hmm. um, I need to reconsider where I'm going with this or with this person. <laughs> well, I think there's a lot that we can do uh, collectively. Uh, and again, I'm going to go back. It starts in the home. Mm-hmm. So let's have conversation. Um, when you walk in the house, the first thing we should be doing is greeting people. Every time I see my kids, I give them a hug. I let them know how excited I am to see them and that I love them. Right. Um, I don't do the shame and the blame. I also allow for conversation. When my kids were little, my husband would be like, no, don't say anything. But me, ask me anything. Because, mm-hmm. see, the more you allow your children to speak to you and ask you questions, that just builds trust. And don't lie to them. So if in order for me to have a healthy relationship, I need to know that the people that I'm working with, I'm talking to, I'm engaging, that they respect me. Not because I'm a parent or an adult, but because of the way they treat me. How do you speak to people? How do you engage with them? Am I always in a hurry that I'm telling you, shut up, sit down, be quiet. I'm on my phone and my phone is more important than you as my child or you as my student or you as my whoever you are. Um, How am I also having relationships with other people? One of the things that we say um, is that my kids should always do what I say. Um, But we don't model that. So we might model really having a great relationship by having the conversation with our kids. And then we pick up the phone and we say, you know what? I hate so-and-so. That B and that do-do-do. And this, well, our kids are listening to us. Right. They're not only listening, but they're watching everything that we do. So for those of uh, the young adults, you may not have that parental role model anymore. But really, always be cognizant of the words that you're using and who you're using them around. So when you're on your cell phone, don't elevate your voice because we automatically do. So that means that now you wanna know why everybody is looking at you. They're looking at you because they hear this crazy conversation that you have and you're speaking so loud and you're cussing. So let's eliminate the cussing. Let's um, make sure that we're having the private conversations private. Let's make sure that we are listening to people Let's make sure that we're being respectful of ourselves, and then other people will be respectful of us. Um, I'm going to kind of digress for a second. Okay. And you had asked me a question earlier about this appropriate age of dating. And, you know, the <laughs> I was going to go back to that. I'm pecking. glad you're going back to it for yes, me. Yes, the hand holding and yeah. the pecking. The yeah. hand holding and the pecking. You like I was in a dinosaur age. Yeah, but it's you, okay. you are. You are. <laughs> You are, girl. Uh, But the hand-holding and pecking, Mm -hmm. that's like first, second, third grade. Now? Yeah, little kids. crazy. Because, see, everything is centered around relationships. All programs are on TV are all centered around relationships. And so often in our homes, we have men and women saying, I just want to be married. I just want to be in a relationship. Mm-hmm. I just want me a boo thing. Mm-hmm. I, I lost my boo thing. I'm trying to get a new boo thing. <laughs> right. So kids see that and they want to be in a relationship as well. Um, kids are starting to have relationship, boyfriend, girlfriend relationships in the fifth grade. And so now this is actually just a circle of time because in the early 1900s, people were dating uh, and getting married at like 12, 13, 14, but that's because it was a need to. 
we needed to make sure that we had enough people in the family right. to take care of the property and right. all the other things. That is not a need anymore. But the need is, I'ma say it, the need is we start getting the sexual itch and mm. we want that sexual itch satisfied. So whether that sexual itch is actually just to have somebody on our arm or to have somebody touch me and caress me because mm -hmm. I haven't had that before or mm -hmm. I haven't had it in an appropriate manner mm -hmm. or because I really just want to have sex. Mm -hmm. um, and so we go out and we search for, mm -hmm. and that usually happens about the fifth grade. That's where our hormones start changing. Mm. Fifth, sixth, seventh grade, by eighth grade, I remember asking my parents why I could not have a boyfriend in about the seventh or eighth grade. Right. And they were like, no, no way, no how. I, I was told that, and I probably would have been smacked <laughs> um, for even insinuating that. I There was a time where I thought I was going to date someone in seventh and eighth grade, and mm. the guy came up to to my to my house and my dad met him at the gate and was like, nah, nah, bro, not here. Mm -hmm. And they had a good conversation. He never come back. And it was the most embarrassing thing because I believe everybody <laughs> talked about it. Oh, they did. But, they still talking about yeah. it. <laughs> but my dad was in full check mode. <laughs> but see, now let's just be real. We have mm -hmm. um, parents that are not as engaged with right. their children today. Right. And then some children don't even have parents. They have guardians. Mm -hmm. um, they may have grandma, grandpa, um, and I'm even say they don't even have any big mamas anymore. Right. People don't even know what big mama is, and your average grandparent right. is like between 35 and 40 years old. So we have a lot of young people that are looking for, they're looking for a bond. Mm -hmm. I, I'm looking for something or someone that I could call my own because I don't really have that. Mm -hmm. And so we start seeking out having relationships, not even understanding who we are, much less who that other person is or what their life experiences are. And that's how a lot of unhealthy behavior happens because this is part of their norm. And in order for me to be with this person or keep this person because I'm going to do all I can. And that includes allowing this person to shame me or talk about me in front of other people, to put me down and make me feel stupid, to have them hit me, or for them to tell me, baby, you know I love you, but I got another girlfriend, I got another boyfriend, mm -hmm. or I'm going to need you to get your girlfriend or your boyfriend to come over here and join us. Mm. <laughs> So that that I think that plays into this whole sex education because we don't really have true sex education beyond true. the basic. We're gonna have this health class and then right. we're just gonna talk about just some basic kind of reproductive type discussion about this is how you get pregnant or things like that. Right. But what you're talking about as far as sex, it goes much deeper than that. <laughs> So it's interesting that we're talking about sex, sex education, because the way that sex is presented to our young kids, whether majority of the first introduction is in school, not within the home. But right. we need to be able to talk about sex in the terms of how it's weaponized mm -hmm. as it relates to domestic violence. But we need to talk about sex in terms of how young people are actually being introduced and engaging in it. So sex is actually being introduced in a few different ways. First is being introduced at home. Um, we never talk about the sexual assault of our children. Right. Um, when we do, we talk about stranger danger, but we already know that 75% or more of the sexual assault happens in the home mm -hmm. by someone that is supposed to love and protect us. Right. Um, that includes mother, father, Grandmother, grandfather, aunt, uncle, brothers, and sisters. Mm -hmm. um, and so we've also done some studies, our own self, as well as the CDC. Um, the CDC says that your average uh, adult has experienced violence and abuse between the ages of seven, or excuse me, uh, 11 and 17. Mm -hmm. But our research, talking directly to the youth, has shown us that at least 75% or more 
of the youth that are in foster care, that are um, have been trafficked, mm-hmm. have been sexually assaulted before the sixth grade. Wow. Um, wow. And you wow. have to think about how old is someone in the sixth grade? Mm-hmm. They're like 10 years old. They're nine wow. years old in the fifth grade. Um, and so our babies are being sexually assaulted. And so then if they have come from being abused, uh, our bodies become accustomed to this. Mm-hmm. And so they will then become maybe hypersexual as they get older, or they decide that, you know what, so-and-so is no longer going to do this to me. I'm going to take control over my body. And if I choose to have sex with whoever and however many people I want to, I will. Mm-hmm. And they don't understand that they still did not make that decision. That decision was taken from them when they were uh, raped or sexually assaulted at an early age. Then we also have um, a good percentage of young ladies and young men, because boys get raped too, Mm -hmm. who felt like by the seventh grade that they had to give it up and not be raped or gang raped. And what I have to explain to people, Mm -hmm. if you felt like you had to give it up so that you aren't raped, you're still raped because you did not consensually go into this. And if we're talking about consensual sex, you cannot give consent if you are not of the age of being an adult. So that means that if we're under the age of being an adult, and depending on what state that is, that could be 16 or 18, um, that you can't really give consent to have sex. But our kids are having sex all the time. And part of the problem of like sex ed is we have parents who feel like my baby does not need to know about sex but yet it's still little johnny little susie is screwing out the right and left side of their drawers right they're watching (laughs) right we didn't give them um the cell phone so you know they could call us in the event of emergency but what i've done is i have just put the biggest form of pornography in your hands Whoa. There is a school, somebody Whoa. was just telling me about this the other day. This little, this little girl in the second grade had a tablet at school, but she was on a porn site. What? Wow. Porn site. You can circumvent the little adult um, locks on here, and anybody can get into a porn site. And there's so many different porn sites available. So... We will think that our children don't need to know because they're not old enough or because they're not having sex when actually they may be having sex. And if they're not having sex, their friends are having sex Mm. or there's some predator out there who's trying to make them have sex. So we need, as parents, as adults, as older brothers and sisters, we need to really honestly uh, educate our children and have real talk Mm. conversation. It's not about saying, oh, if I tell you about sex, you're going to do it. Right. That's stupid. Right. It's more likely that you're going to do it because you don't know about it. Right. And that 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 unknown is sexy as heck. <laughs> okay. I, right. I want to know. Everybody wants to, when they tell you. They want to test the water. Right. They want to test, test the water. water. <laughs> right. But it's also when somebody says, don't open up that drawer. First right. thing I'm going to do is I'm going to open up that drawer. Mm-hmm. What's in the drawer? Right. I want to know what is it. Right. Yes. Wow. So parents, guardians, they need to either have the conversation with their youth and young adults mm-hmm. and listen to them. And here's the tip. If they ask you a question, what is a penis? Mm-hmm. What is sex? What right. is a vagina? Just answer that question. Right. You don't need to give them a long, drawn-out thing. If you know how. Because yeah. I, I know for me, when mm-hmm. my kids were maturing, because my mom, when I was growing up, this to tell you how far dated I am, my my mom used to tell me babies used to come from hollow trees. And I literally what? believe what? that babies... Yes. Did you see my face? <laughs> yes. I literally believe that babies came from hollow trees. I was in high school. And we had sex education class. The teacher asked, um, you know, what do you guys think where babies come from? <laughs> so you know I'm a smart ass, right? I'm just I'm just the smart ass and I just want to be able to tell you. I'm raising my hand. I think I know it. And guess what I tell? Babies come from hollow trees. 
Right? Everybody literally broke down dying, laughing, right? Oh my God. I, I can't was so embarrassed. That she no, was. I was so embarrassed. You should be. By the time I was, when I was saying I was so embarrassed, I came home oh, and I oh asked my, my mom, I said, Do babies come from hollow trees or, or not? Because <laughs> this is what I told her. And she looked at me, she was like, Girl, why did you say that in class? And I was like, because that's what you told me, and that that is what had kind of stuck in my head. Like, so when my kids were growing up, oh my gosh, my two adult kids now, um, you know, it was uncomfortable for me to kind of have that conversation because I was like, well, why you? I mean, my whole thing was, why you asking? Where are we going with this? What what you trying to do? But not trying to be kind of that open in that whole process. But but what was more important to me was, are you in a relationship that you're thinking about this? And are you in the right relationship and you're thinking about this? Because, you know, for me, I don't want y'all knocking anybody up. I'm right. just going to be straight honest. Right. I don't want you knocking anybody up. So if you're about to knock somebody up, I can help you or put you in a path with someone who can have this conversation with you. Because right. I couldn't have the conversation, but other people can have the conversation. And I was going to say, <laughs> if people can have a conversation, call mm-hmm. us at the Positive Results Corporation, right. www.prc123.org, and we'll have that conversation. But let me tell you, most times... When a, a kid or a young adult is asking a question, it's only because they want to know. They've right. heard something or they've seen something. They're not necessarily about to have sex. It's more like, oh, I heard somebody say something, mm-hmm. so I really want to know. And parents, I know it's a little hard to have that conversation. And not everybody is me. Right. A lot of right. them are you. Yep. <laughs> Right, that hollow tree though that just that just that just sent me for a loop right there. But um, and yeah, as parents, well, you know, that was during the time when they talked about if you eat watermelons, you eat the seed, your belly gonna grow, and then I'm you glad have I baby. didn't grow up. It was <laughs> it was just a whole different. I mean, but I mean, but the whole view of of sex and engage. I mean, young people engaging in sex. So, it just wasn't one of those one of those I, I guess um, open environments right. to have that kind of talk. But people don't understand that the more information you give people, the better informed they can be, and they can make really great decisions. I can't make a decision about having sex if I'm going to have sex or not. If if I go to my parent and they won't share with me, or the only the only lessons that I'm getting is from my friends who's telling me oh, yeah, go ahead and do that. Or the porn site Mm -hmm. is telling me, yeah, you definitely want to do that. Mm -hmm. We really have to start having engaging, honest, open conversation. And if you're afraid, find, if not us, find someone else that will talk to your child or your young adult. Mm -hmm. And that's also the same thing that if they are having sex. Right. Let's not um, berate them because they're having sex. And we can't stop it. Now that we've opened this floodgate, so that means that we've got to educate them on proper sex, uh, uh, on how to have sex, on how to use a condom, how to take care of themselves, how to clean their body. Mm -hmm. Because now you're opening the door to potential diseases and other things. And even just the hygiene, especially girls Mm -hmm. and boys who may be uncircumcised on how to take care of yourself. Right. So we have to have those conversations. And you see how my 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 face had a reaction <laughs> when we talked about circumcision. So it's <laughs> so it's like those things that we need to have those mm-hmm. conversations about. So I want to move into this whole new. I don't want to even say that it's an era, but it's it's the new thing now about dating online, mm. especially for young people, because now it's not. You know, I come to you and give you a a, a paper that says. Will you go with me? Or, or, or the simple "I like you," or you know, girl, you talking fifty, sixty, <laughs> or would you like to be my girlfriend? Or mm-hmm. I'm gonna make you my boyfriend today. We going together. So it's 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 not like that anymore. It's not. It's like definitely that not like that anymore. Mm-mm. So now, folks are looking for relationships and love. No, they're not. 
Most people are hooking up. Okay. They're, they're not looking for boyfriends. They're not looking for girlfriends. There's a certain group of people mm-hmm. that are still looking to have a relationship, to look to have a boyfriend or girlfriend, and then looking to have mm-hmm. a husband or a wife. But the vast majority of young people are looking to hook up. Ooh. It is about a matter of satisfying my needs sexually, emotionally, physically, and financially. So I want to have somebody that I can hook up for, you know, that they can, you know, they can mm-hmm. take care of that thing when I need <laughs> to be taken care of. But then I also want to have somebody that is just going to keep me company. Mm-hmm. You know, um, sometimes um, they might be a friend with benefits. Right. Um, and the, the hooking up, and it's all about, you know, depending on, on my crowd. Who, who am right. I going with? Right. Um, a lot of a lot of people always. We really want to have someone that is in our corner, that's on our mm-hmm. side, that is my support. This is mine. But I'm gonna be honest, especially for communities of color, mm-hmm. there is an excessive number of women and a few number of men, and so the the number becomes. It gets to the point where. It seems like I might have to share right. my partner in order to have a relationship with this person. Right. Then we also have to talk about LGBTQQ. Mm-hmm. And for those who don't know, and everybody who's watching this probably does know, there's the lesbian, the bisexual, the transgender, the queer, the questioning, the two-spirit. There is just so many. There's the uh, asexual, the transsexual, the pansexual, the trisexual, mm-hmm. I, I, there's like too many of them for me to even mention. And that's where the hard part comes in because we also want to put our children down for who they choose to love. Mm-hmm. Um, and especially those who come out of the church, that it is, it's made, we've made people feel unwelcome based on their sexual orientation. Right. Not their heart. Right. Not who they are, not right. what they believe, but their sexual orientation. Right. Um, and I'm going to also say this. A lot of them were sexually assaulted as children mm-hmm. by people. And so we have to know that, first off, everyone is worthy. Everyone is worthy. Everyone deserves to have a life and a, an abundant life, a happy yes. life. Yes. And you get to choose whoever you choose to yes. love, and you get to choose however you want to live your life. But we don't do that. So we shame them and blame them based on their sexuality. We also use that as a form of violence. So mm. we have a lot of gay people, both boys and girls, men and women, right. who haven't come out, and we, our partners will use that as a controlling factor. If you don't do X, Y, and Z, I'm going to tell your mama that you're gay. Or mm. I'm going to tell your boss that you're gay. I'm going to tell your family that you're queer or that you're bisexual. And so that becomes another form of violence as well. Wow, that's deep. Mm-hmm. That's very deep. And I, wouldn't, I would not have seen that if mm-hmm. you would not have mentioned that. Mm-hmm. So going back to online dating, because we're going to be wrapping oh, yeah. up. Online <laughs> dating, you made me just go all <laughs> over the place. Okay. What are some tips to provide our, our younger generation around this whole new fad? I don't even want to say it's even a new fad, right? Or it's not even dating. You said hookup, right? Hookup. Hookup. The hookup. The hookup. So what should our young generation be very thoughtful of around online dating, being very aware of any signs Mm -hmm. of potential unhealthy relationships, and um, and what can they do to kind of prepare themselves? Mm-hmm. Prepare themselves in the event that they may encounter an unhealthy encounter <laughs> with someone that they find online. So let me say this. Let's start off with not every smiling face is a friendly face. Right. Whether that is in person or online. And that very often people online can put 
their representative on. And that representative mm -hmm. may not be a true representative of who they are. So when we are online, I could actually be a 29-year-old um, size 8 female with long brown hair, and then you meet me and you find out I'm not. Uh, right. Very often, we have a lot of kids that have, um, and when I say kids, um, I don't mean to be rude or disrespectful, kids, youth, young adults that have gotten into relationships or even situations mm -hmm. online because somebody perpetrated being something else. Um, there was a situation with a young boy who met this cute girl um, and they were here in Los Angeles County. She lived in one of the other towns and he lived in another town and you know, you can get from one town to another pretty mm -hmm. quickly here. Right. Um, and he was in high school, talked to this person, they knew everything about him because he gave them all the information. So the first thing is, don't give people all your information. Mm -hmm. Don't take pictures of your home. Don't take pictures of your car. Don't take pictures in front of the license plate. Don't take pictures in front of your school or even tell people what school you go to. And, and then also, if they say, oh, hey, you know, I know you go to such and such a school and I'm friends with so-and-so, Ask your friend, do they really know this person? Mm. Or is this person somebody that they met online? Right. See, we have to right. we have to remember that we might have five hundred, a thousand, twenty thousand connects online, but they're not your friends because you don't know these people. Right. You don't know anything about right. these people. And so going back to this boy, he was talking to this girl. And the girl had him meet him in the park. The girl turned out to be a 49-year-old man who sexually assaulted him. Ooh. But he had put all of his information out there. And that 49-year-old man who's known as a predator, who goes out of their way to find people to assault, um, was actually going around finding all of his friends and learning everything about him. So all your mm. friends... Tell them, don't post information online. We, as uh, young people, we know we fine. We know we cute. We know we look good. <laughs> you know, some of us, we good at this. Right. Oh, we will take pictures all day long, and our <laughs> boobs are where they're supposed to be. Our butts is where it's supposed to be. Our, our stomach is flat, flat or not, but right. it's all good because it's today. And so we take all these pictures, and so we are accustomed to sending pictures. And when someone says, well, send me another picture, let me see a picture of your boobs. And we do that because I'm proud of my boobs. And you know what? As a woman, I should be able to do that. Except for your kid. Mm -hmm. You are under the age of 18. And so anytime you take a picture and send a picture, that's called distribution of child pornography. Right. Um, and that's against the law. Also, if someone gets that picture and they keep it on their phone, that's against the law. And if wow. that person sends that picture, it's against the law. Wow. All of this is against the law. And you say, well, but wait, I'm a 14-year-old girl and I send it to my 14-year-old girlfriend. Um, still against the law. It's <clears throat> against the law. And so we have a tendency to think that because I take pictures all the time and yeah, I'm in my bra, but it's just like if I was in my bathing suit. Right. But it's not. It's not the same. And you also don't know who is getting that picture and what are they doing with that picture. So that's the first thing. If somebody says, or that's not the first thing, that's fourth or fifth thing. Mm -hmm. If somebody says, send me a picture, don't. Mm. Because, see, now they could be in their car because they know what school you go to and they're trying to find you. Mm. Don't give them all your information. Um, when somebody says how cute you are and they send you a picture, you need to find out, does anybody else know this person? Also, please do not sneak out and meet somebody who you've had this great conversation with because you haven't had a great conversation with anybody else. You don't have a bond with anybody else. You're isolated and alone and you don't have any good friends or family. So if you don't have any good friends or family and somebody is, you know, talking to you all the time online, be wary of that person. Be very concerned. 
And then there's 15 apps that parents should know about. And these aren't just parents, but these are also the people who are using the apps. And that includes Meet Me, WhatsApp, uh, Bumble, uh, Live Me, Ask.fm, Grindr, uh, TikTok, Snapchat, Holla, Calculator, um, Hot or Not, Whisper, Kick, Badu, and Scout. And each one of these has been uh, listed by the Sheriff's Department and the police that predators are using to reach out to kids mm. and young adults. Just recently, like yesterday, um, a 24-year-old man had used these apps to lure out a 10-year-old girl and to rape her. And so what happens is because we have, we live in a world um, that is very technology driven. You know, um, anyone who's 20 years old today has never lived in a world where they did not have technology. Right. And so it's unreasonable for us to think that they should put their phone down. Right. But it is not unreasonable for us to think that in order for you to share your data, that you should know this person. Right. And then you say, well, how am I going to get to know people if I don't share my data? Right. Well, you have to be selective about who you are um, giving your information to. Mm -hmm. And again, not every smiling face is a friendly face. Right. Not everybody has good intentions for you. Right. The only person that you can really trust to have the good, best intentions for you is you. you. And that's why the onus of doing the research about who you potentially are engaging with online mm -hmm. needs to start with you. Absolutely. So we're going to transition into the Purple Purse Yay. Tea Party, one of the most fantastic events of the year that yes, a lot yes. of us look forward to, including myself. Mm -hmm. So tell us about the Purple Purse um, Tea Party mm -hmm. and um, what the audience should, or one, how they could get involved. Okay. Even even if how they can get involved, because I'm quite sure even beyond the Purple Purse and all the work that um, the Positive Results Corporation does around leadership development, your um, staff development training programs mm. that nonprofits can reach you or contact you about, because I believe you do, you do what, sex education, I mean, not sex education, but sexual harassment trainings and... We do consent and boundaries, consent and healthy, boundaries. Relationships, healthy relationships, dating violence, okay. um, sexual assault, uh, bullying. We do effective communication, conflict resolution, tolerance, diversity, mm -hmm. respect and team building, health hygiene and etiquette, financial literacy. Um, we do real talk, real conversations about sex. And when mm -hmm. I tell you real, real talk, I'm talking about real, real talk. The deep stuff. Deep, deep. Everything that you want to know that you're afraid to ask. Right. Um, you know, for instance, one person asked me one time, could they become paralyzed by having anal sex? Oh, Lord. And the answer is no. But. That's where they heard it from somewhere, huh? Yeah, they heard <laughs> it from someone. Um, they heard it from their parent who said, you shouldn't have it because you become paralyzed. Well, you can't come become paralyzed unless you are allowing someone to put a foreign object in you. Mm -hmm. Then that the potential changes then. Right. Uh, but the question is always there. There's so many people that have questions, and we want to give them the right answer. Right. So let me just tell you about Purple Purse and how you can get involved in that. Let me just pull it up. So you can actually go online. And you could find us at Eventbrite, okay? And you could go to fourth, and that's uh, number four, okay. uh, fourth annual purple purse dot eventbrite dot com, and purchase the tickets. And tickets are a hundred dollars for adults and eighty five dollars for adults. You can go to our brand new website, y'all. Go check it out. It is beautiful, <laughs> and that is www.prc123.org. You can also go there and find out more information about our organization, our program, our services, and also our special event, including Purple Purse, and then go there to get your ticket. Excuse me, it will link you back to Eventbrite. And so Purple Purse Tea Party is not really even a tea party. It started off that way, but... 
And it's not a gala. It's more of an experience. It is. It, it really is an is. experience. We want people, <laughs> when you get there, I want you to know how special you are. So I go all out so that when you walk in the room, you're like, oh, my God, is this all for me? Yes, it is. We are celebrating every person that walks in that room. We're celebrating um, that this is the month of Domestic Violence Awareness Month. We need to be talking about domestic violence, teen dating violence, and interpersonal violence all day, every day. And that we do. But mm -hmm. this month is allocated to it. So uh, purple is the color for Domestic Violence Awareness Month. Mm -hmm. I'm wearing it now. Um, as well as we'll be in perlinium purple for the tea party. You don't have to wear purple. You can wear whatever you like. Uh, we will be celebrating survivors of domestic violence. Mm -hmm. We'll also be celebrating advocates um, that help us to do this work. We have the most amazing entertainment. So we have the Watts Willowbrook Conservatory Youth Symposium Whoa. that um, we'll be participating this year uh, at our pre-party. So this is our first year that we're going to have a pre-party starting about 2.30 in the afternoon, where you'll be able to come and um, be interviewed live on Facebook Live on our Step and Repeat. You'll be able to take pictures. You'll be able to get uh, a beverage. Um, we also have uh, fruit appetizers. And we're going to have the orchestra give you some great sounds so that you can just get in the mood. Uh, we're going to have an outstanding uh, group that will be singing. Then we have, um, I think there's about seven or eight people that will be dancing. And some of them are youth and some of them are adults. Oh. We are going to have the most amazing panel. So last year, you know, we turned it out with an all-male panel yep. to have this conversation. It was fantastic. Yes. Well, this year, we're going to do the cycle of violence. Ooh. We're going to talk about violence and abuse that happens in our homes that our children are experiencing and how it impacts their life mm. all the way through the process to finding, to getting out of an abusive relationship and finding a healthy relationship. And what is that like? Because we believe that you don't have to stay where you are. You can yeah. move from unhappiness, whether you are still in the relationship and that person, you and that person and your family gets counseling. Because right. see, that, that can happen. Right. And you should, or you get out of that relationship and you find someone who really loves you for who you are. Mm. And we deserve to be loved for exactly we who we want. are. So the event is going to be on Sunday, uh, October 27th. It's going to be from um, 2.30 in the afternoon. Actually, it's really beginning at 3, but the pre-party will be at 2.30 and it goes until 7 p.m. We have the best meal planned for you. Um, and we have some takeaway gifts for each person. I'm going to need everyone to bring some money because we will have an opportunity drawing. And we have some, oh, yes, we have some amazing I, gifts. You know, I, I could tell you about the opportunity drawing. What you got? Y'all got, you guys normally have good stuff. Yes. I don't believe. I'll be like, is that going to be my ticket? Please let that one be my ticket. A lot of great things on our opportunity drawing, um, from gift cards to um, just out bath and body products. Um, we have some things for men this year. Uh, we have a quite a few nice things, and then oh, the best part is we have a silent auction that has I think there's about. 45 purses that are on the silent auction this year, Ooh. if not close to it. We have... Um, so, ladies, we're going to have to set aside some cash. Yes. Because these purses are bomb. They're totally bomb. And the best part about our silent auction, I've been to silent auctions, and I've looked at the prices, mm -hmm. and I was like, oh, I can't afford that. Mm -hmm. I got a job, and I can't afford that. Right. But our prices are reasonable because... We want you to have just as much fun with these items as we do, Aww. putting them out. So okay. there's something for everyone. The opportunity tickets uh, right. are a dollar. And the silent auction items, I think the least expensive something is maybe $20. Oh, wow. Going up to, hopefully, we have a couple of things that will catch your eye. And we do have some vintage 
uh, purses. Some of them are gently used. Some of them, well, all of them are gently used because they're vintage. But we have some amazing new purses as well. Mm. Oh, and I have to talk about this one. This yes. is one of our purses. This is a crossbody that was designed by Serena uh, Williams for Allstate Foundation, who's one of our main sponsors. Mm -hmm. um, and this purse is going to be on our auction, and it is beautiful. It is, it is soft. Yes. It's luscious, and it says Serena Williams for Allstate Foundation Purple Purse. And, and it's um, the right size where you could stuff enough and, yeah, and go. You can put your wallet, your phone, and everything in it. Right, second. That's fantastic. Yes. So normally we close woke moments with um, what your woke moment is. And so we, we, we like to enlighten our audience around our issue and our topic of discussion of the day. So if you had a woke moment, to leave with our audience, what would that woke moment be? Well, that's kind of hard mm -hmm. um, because I've had a lot of woke moments, but I'm going to share this woke moment with you. In 1997, my spiritual body told me that I should be a teacher. And I was like, <laughs> miss me with that mess. I am not <laughs> going to be a teacher. I'm not going to deal with these badass kids and their bad parents. Mm -hmm. So... Um, because we have free will, it allowed me to continue to do whatever I wanted to do, which was work in corporate America and continue to grow and thrive. Um, but I originally, I eventually lost my spirit and I became a very dark person and I became very unhappy and I was wilding out. I was actually smoking, drinking, doing all kinds of things that I shouldn't do. And I eventually quit my job. And so 1997, I was told to be a teacher. 2007 I quit my job and I lost myself and I had a complete mental breakdown because I wasn't doing what I should have been doing and then I found myself I, I started healing I started getting better I started listening to really who I was and what I was supposed to be doing and so I started doing this work and it took me a while to figure out what I was gonna do this did not happen as an overnight success it it's been 11 years now that I've been doing this. Mm -hmm. And I originally said no to this, but then I decided to trust me and trust my spirit. And my spirit said, this is a good thing. Say, I can't listen to anyone else. I can only listen to me. And so as I started healing and getting better and understanding that this work was really what I needed to do um, to not only help me, but to help other people move to the point where they're happy and they're satisfied with themselves. Because we originally focused on life skills and leadership before getting into violence prevention, but our still focus is on life skills and leadership and healthy relationships. So, 1997, I was told to be a teacher, my spirit. 2007, I lost my spirit, I lost myself. And then in 2007, I became the 2017 Woman of the Year in Education. And so I say that to say that I was actually a teacher all along, but mm. because I didn't believe in myself and I was doing this little stinking little thinking that I didn't realize that there are different ways to be a teacher. Right. So my woke moment for you is to believe in yourself and understand that there's more than one way to do anything. And that once mm. you know who you are and you know that you, you can't, you can do anything that you want to. There is nothing that someone can't do. If someone can open up a body and put a foreign object in it and make it act as a heart and allow a person to live for another 30, 40, 50 years, you can do anything. If you could take a big, heavy metal object and make it fly in the sky across the world and get people safely to a, another place, right? You could do anything. If a person with no legs can run in a race and win it, you can do anything. All I'm asking you to believe in yourself because that's when the woke moment happens. Oh, wow. That's fantastic. So I'm going to close with this. 
I adore you, Candy. You know I adore you, Janet. <laughs> no, I really adore you, and I really, really embrace the work of the Positive Results Corporation. Mm -hmm. I think it's something that we've needed for a very long time, mm -hmm. and um, I don't know what more I could say because I could go across the table and do like this. <laughs> but I, what I really think. I mean, everyone needs to know is that we do have a community that's out here willing to be not only their cheerleaders, yes. but to really keep them uplifted and hold them up. And, and that's what we're all about. So I want to thank our audience for joining us for Wolf Moments. Yay. Yay. Thank you so much, Janet. Yes. Thank you for listening to Woke Moment. For more information about our organization, please visit SOH.org. Subscribe to us for a Woke Moment wherever you listen to podcasts. Follow us on Twitter at the underscore SOH underscore LA and on Facebook and Instagram at Sanctuary of Hope LA. Bye.